Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, gregorywoker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. serving you. Pain is there as a teacher. It tells you when you've pushed too far in the gym. It tells you when you've pushed too far emotionally, spiritually. And pain must exist. And there are people who say, push into those thresholds, breathe, and then you grow into that and now your threshold has been enlarged because you pushed into a realm of challenge I say surrender to the challenge and because push to me again semantics but I get the sense of I'm I'm struggling I'm putting in that fight or fight you know as opposed to just surrendering to what is Pain is part of life. Love, hate, pain, fear, all these emotions. Can we get back to remembering that we are vibrational beings, that we are spirit, whatever that looks like, however you want to identify it, can we not get back to that vibrational frequency of love? And isn't it like can't even the step beyond that where it's not we're getting back to it, we're living it. It's no longer a... Well, when I say getting back to it, I believe that there was a time where our connection to self was a lot more readily available. Um, less toxins in the atmosphere, less technology. We were more attached to the land. We you know, all of the the things that enable you to go within and to feel that you belong to something profound. To have a sunset make you cry tears of happiness because it's so beautiful. Or that smell of a spring gardenia opening. You know, so we have an ability to either connect to the concrete jungle or connect to the land to the universe and you know if we choose to go one way or the other it's not one is better and one is worse it's just a choice but personally I find it a lot easier to go within and connect you know when I'm surrounded by like-minded beings who also want to thrive in a loving energy field as opposed to a lower vibration you know I do here's for for me the element of the sunset is still an external 
the glass skyscraper rising up 250 feet is an external. And the, the tears of joy is the internal. And can I bring them forth with both of those? Because they're both external stimuli. Well, I guess they're, they're ex- the sunset to me or the sunrise, it reminds me of the grandeur of the universe and that I'm just a pebble on a beach on a grain of sand you know I'm not going to take away William Blake's beautiful words but so when I see a concrete large building I can detach and I can admire the architectural form or whatever Um, and I can go touch it and it's concrete so I'm sure that there'll be some vibration yet the vibration on my heart is so different that when I see something from nature the sunrise the sunset my heart chakra just lights up this operating system that enables me to take a step back and and observe the beauty of the concrete jungle and all of that that comes from here but when I'm experiencing something from nature I don't need this operating system I can just unplug it woohoo you know and go within and so that sunrise pulls me within it just pulls me in it lures me with its colors, its magnificence, it's everything about it. And then I realize so humbly in its presence that, um, you know, we're all fragments of something, right? We're just, yet we have these souls. We have these internal, you know, energy fields and this ability to, to connect to nature that far exceeds any connection I've ever experienced by something man-made. That's just me personally. You know, I can observe the beauty, but when I'm seeing the beauty that is created by the universe, I, it, I'm, I'm observing it from within, so to speak, if you want to use the word observing because you see them as similarly. So I take it in. It's the inner world. How's that? The inner world as opposed to the outer world. Right away, it fuels my inner world. A couple years ago, I was with two of my children in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And we were staying across the river. And when we first took a bus and stepped off the bus at Times Square about 5 in the morning, and it was pretty quiet, Mm -hmm. 5 in the morning, and these huge lit up advertisements of these huge skyscrapers. I had that inner sense. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience that wasn't a strictly mental thing. It was a spiritual thing. Well, that's good for that's your landscape. You know, I nobody can define another person's spiritual landscape or spiritual thing or whatever it is um, I can only speak from my own personal experience you know 
So if I go to a city like New York and I see all these, you know, flashing signs and everything, it just overwhelms me with, with wow, we've destroyed this beautiful planet. So that's my perspective. And I, I'm so drawn to heart that when I ran the New York Marathon, I mean, my, the highlight of the run was going through Harlem because every garbage can was an instrument and I felt so much heart, so much soul and I just had goosebumps running through this section and I felt life and spirit so perhaps if you went in feeling that life and spirit but my connection has always been away from the city away from people they overwhelm me I like to be in nature, so my inner world has to come from that. The other just doesn't float my boat. And you and your husband met at ILM, mm -hmm. which is very computer, man-made technology. It's very creative. I was just a production assistant, but Randy, it was, he started in traditional camera, and then he was creating environments where the 2D and the 3D world could coexist. It's called match moving. And because he had had so many years of on-set experience, he was an ideal candidate to go on location always so that, you know, if they needed... Like creepy crawlers to come out of your fingers. Well, he was really good at trigonometry and, you know, and figure out how fast, how far, and if it's going to, you know. So uh, he was very creative. He was a layout artist. He created the, the, um, the uh, what's that group of flying beings in the Harry Potter, the Quidditch match. Oh. That was his layout design. Oh. So he was very, he was able to integrate his really scientific mind with his incredibly artistic mind. That's right there, that's from I think it was Enemy Minds, he was in a helicopter over the bridge. So, yeah. So it was. it's a very creative place if you choose to view it that way. Do you think that coexistence is part of the natural path of humanity. Coexisting, right. meaning... Meaning, um, like in a way, you and I, could, someone could observe the two of us and say, there are two polar opposites. One had a spiritual experience in the Manhattan at four in the morning, and for the other... It's a complete reminder of everything that is not spiritual. <laughs> run, Boris, run! That's all I hear. Run. Even like cross the bridge. It's, oh my God. It's, yeah. So, we're all different. Thank God. Vive la différence. <laughs> right? We. Oui. But viva... Like, that's what I mean by coexistence, is the ability to have environment in which both entities thrive. Well, I'm sure it exists, but I've lived in cities long enough to know that my soul feels like it's dying. Right, right. 
I need out. So it would be wise for the people who create cities and et cetera, et cetera, to have in mind we have a group of humanity who need nature in well, immediacy. That's why we have Marin. Ah, but I look mean, how hard it is to live in Marin. Well, I mean, there's always has to be struggle in life. If you want a three-bedroom mansion in the middle of, you know, a wheat field, what's important to you? So you just have to, if you view it as difficult, then it's difficult. If you prioritize it is, I'm here because I thrive in nature. I need to live in proximity of yoga and, and organic fresh food. So you prioritize, and you know, that's, we're so lucky here in Marin. This is unbelievable to be so close to a congested city if we want a few hours of whatever, and then cross back like <laughs> little Marin women. <laughs> Marin men, too. Yeah, there you go. Take the ferry, and that way you get the water. Yeah, there you there. go. Exactly, yeah. you know. I'm just not a city girl. On the, on the, growing up, I grew up in Montreal, and we had a country house, and we'd go on the weekends, and God, I just, I couldn't wait to get out of the car in the country and just, you know, decompress. It's, it's too much for me, too much stimulation. Just, yeah. We're each different, thank God, but you know. So it sounds to me like you, part of, part of your journey is finding out who you are and then making choices that resonate with knowing who you are. Mm. Who I am and how I behave are two entirely different scenarios. We can have absolutely abysmal behavior and still love the essence of, of who we are, the soul, right? So when I am detached and, and I'm in meditation or I'm, I'm chanting and I choose music that lifts my vibration so that I feel just nothing but love, then I feel like in this state, I am love. Working on who I am in the world is how to be a better student of life, basically. <laughs> you know, getting, having more ability to be tolerant and this and that, to surrender to the differences, to not feel that I have to rescue every being that I care for, you know, because I was... That's the mentality of, you know, the child who's with the alcoholic. I was the rescuer. And then you realize, oh, I can take a breath. They can take care of themselves. Oh, thank God. You know, and then you can surrender to that. And you choose to surround yourself with people whose vibration is high. And I just see myself as this, you know, frequency of love. That's the essence of who I am. The roles that I take on, you know, and all the behaviors, that's not who I am. That's the way that I'm acting out 
learning the lessons dealing with my karma and my dharma. That's my sense from my little reality. And what's the difference between karma and dharma? Well, according to my Vedic astrologer, in the loosest of sense, and I do adore Prasenant, so um, karma refers to people in your past lives that were blood relatives. All right, this is according to Vedic. So um, you can you could be incredibly close to someone and, and be convinced you had karma, but. Maybe that was, you know, your best friend, or you're this or you're that. So he was explaining to that karma is specifically family from a past, right? Like my husband was my, we were brothers in our last life together, which I totally believe, completely believe. So, and Dharma um, is... You know, so then you have your karmic lessons of what it is, and you know, it, it was fascinating to see because exactly how he described my life as it appeared on the charts was exactly the biggest challenges and lessons that I know that I've, I've had thus far. And, um, and my, I love being alone. My friends that have to pull me to get out of the house, I really rather be, if I'm not in yoga class or in nature, I like to be alone. And so he said it's because I'm in this Ketu period. I'm like, oh, okay, relief, all right, because it's like, what's wrong with me? And I come out of that in late 2018. So the Dharma is what it is that you need to do in this life to resolve conflict and difficulties in past lives why are you here what are your job roles etc and he said mine was to help people through the written words so that book should make it on a shelf one of these days um yeah so that's I'm here to support others, not for others to support me. You know. And that feels good. And it's not that I can't receive, but I have an incredible internal strength, resilience, and it's been well nurtured my entire life. And I, I really, it makes complete sense that I made the choices that I made to sort of repair some past life karma. Yeah. Karma, yeah. You mentioned your first husband. Yeah, he was a splitting image of my father. Charming, so good looking down to the same Gucci loafers as daddy. So I married an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, he was in rehab most of the marriage, so that was kind of good, I guess, in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was able to immerse myself again in yoga. So, you know, really immerse myself. And, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And... We choose to accept the lesson, the challenge, or not. And there's no judgment. If you're not in the mood, don't take it on. 
You know, there's no judgment on, oh, you didn't do everything you were supposed to do this time around. No, you get to come back or whatever. I don't know whatever, you know, how you think, but... I mean, you mentioned like you really want to get the work done because you don't want to. Well, come my husband was absolutely. He's like, sweetness, I'm done on this planet unless all the humans are gone. No, um, I just feel like there's a lot more out there. I was in a coma, in an oxygen tent for a couple of days when I was four years old, and um, I can close my eyes and remember coming back into my body. It was like. Sore throat from the tonsils, um, and I was in a panic because I didn't want anyone to touch me. My mother—they're all around, and I didn't know what this plastic tent was. But I was so relieved they couldn't touch me, and I closed my eyes and I begged my grandmother to take me back. I met her; she passed ten years before I was born. She's all over this house, there, up there on the stairs. She's just. And she held me, and I just, I had a sense right then and there that there's just so many possibilities of where the soul can travel. So, Randy, who I have to say, truly brilliant, um, three days before he left his body, he woke up at like three in the morning, sacred new time, laughing. And I sat up and I said, well, what's so funny? You know, like, yeah. not finding much humor in things these days. You know, and um, staying incredibly keyed in so that I can be present for him uh, and not cry. Um, and he said to me, baby sweetness, he said, have I ever lied to you? No. He said, have I ever said that I would do something I wouldn't do? I'm like, No. Baby doll, there's no death, and I wish I could download quantum mechanics into your brain right now and make you understand everything. And he's laughing, and and he's holding my hands, and um, and then when when he laughed, he squeezed my hand so hard after I said to him, "Go, baby doll, be that showman, be everything you are." going to the light and thank God it was like oh did you tell him to go to this light or that light and I'm like oh my God you know <laughs> all I know is there's this incredible golden light and um, it was mind-boggling experience and on the year anniversary of his first departure I was in a kundalini class with Kia Miller a brilliant brilliant lovely woman teaches Ashtanga not my sword but no and um, Kundalini and I said to my girlfriend Dolores if we do you know what I call the frog I'm doing the full 108 which to me is impossible I could barely do 35 right now if I did it uh, it's a really vigorous intense anyway so she's of course, did this one pose, and I looked over at Dolores, and Dolores looked at me, and the teacher's like, okay, what's going on? And I just said, it's a one-year anniversary, and I'm doing 108 for him. And it was the most incredible, energetic shift 
This was after my surrender where I had let go of ever seeing him again in that form, letting go of outcome to be present in my journey forward. And um, it was just this incredible feeling because the entire class was counting for me and drumming for me and singing for me. There's an incredible couple there singing and drumming. And um, as I did it, I don't know how I got to 108 except for the energy of that class. There was this gold hue that expanded across where almost everyone in the class, including Kia, was profoundly affected. You knew his spirit was there. And this girl, young, beautiful, 20-something, who came in with some type of sadness or something going on, in Shavasana, grabs my hand and is sobbing. (laughs) I don't know where from, you know. And then after the class, she hugged me and she said, I have never received so much love in my life. And I felt like the light was directing on her, like, particularly. And she was just sobbing in my arms. And when we saw her after, this expression. So the promise I made Randy was love. Love is the answer. Love's the way in. And so when I listened to music that keeps my vibration high and when I choose to honor this commitment it makes the journey of surrender so beautiful the pain is the ego self wanting what we want our spouse right here in physical form to touch to hold no one loved us more. That was our truth. Yet we have to love ourselves that much. And to honor that love and to honor ourselves is to choose love. And we fall off the spiritual bandwagon. It happens. Why? Because we're having a human experience. But we don't berate ourselves. We don't judge ourselves. We observe. We laugh. Did it again. But we observe because if we attach to it, then we're letting the ego guide the boat. Right? So that's why I say I disconnect the operating system that creates all these horrific things. I don't care. If people don't like me, great, at least I made them feel. (laughs) We're not here to be popular to everyone. We're here to be authentic. And it comes at a cost. You get labeled eccentric and this, that, and the other. But so what? In the end, it's for you that you journey. Not your children, not your wife. They are part of your growth opportunity, part of you and part of the love that you create. But in the end, it is for you that you journey. So. 
Okay, then. No, I mean, like, that really says it all. It's like, what more is there to say? You know? We waste so much time making it unpleasant by grieving. And grieving is looking at what is in the past. And the only way forward is to be present. And then it becomes exciting again, like you're this child. Of course, it's not as exciting for most of my friends. But, you know, you start to explore the inner landscaping of your youth and you and you rediscover passions and things that you know you were once interested in but for whatever reason you know so you have to have a love affair with yourself first where I get caught up is that just seems like ego no when I say love affair with yourself first I'm talking about self love to the soul the bruise is to the ego self not to the soul when I look at it as you have two beings two houses alright one is built on solid rock it needs a paint job this, that, and the other, you know. But it's on solid rock. And what's important to this house is it can surrender because it's on the rock. This one, stunning house, has everything. Room for like six Teslas and then baby Teslas and, 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 and the nanny and the au pair. And everything is beautiful and everyone is aging like they are on a movie set, you know, no wrinkles or anything, but it's on landfill. So subconsciously, there's always a stress, always something gnawing. It could disappear like that, right? So that to me is self-love because just to bring it back to myself for a second because it's the only thing I can't say well that's wrong because it's my truth (laughs) Um, Randy and I worked so hard you know we both had our big samskaras from our past like everyone does and and we worked really hard and not neither of us dated for several years to look in the mirror and say yeah I'm ready to attract now I love myself. I'm worthy. And so when we came together, we were really, really cognizant of the fact that we had to continue working alone as well as together. So we had certain, you know, ground rules in place, no unilateral decisions, yada, yada, things like that, that kept this cohesive, we are a team, yet it's imperative that, you know, you go off and and do your low tide shoots when you need and your diving shoots and I'll go off and do this and I'll do a yoga retreat or whatever so that we were always you know working on being more loving to ourselves because if that hadn't been the case when he left two years ago 
I would have probably, I don't know, become a raving alcoholic. I would have gone down a road I saw too many family members go. It was too familiar. So I knew there's only a viable option. And if for myself, on the days where I, I felt like I couldn't do it, I remembered that promise to him that I would do it for myself, for my own path. So I think that, you know, if you have something that two things that come together broken, there's still there's a fragility that is tantamount to living in a glass house. So it's important to have self-love and it's you know, we're always told put others first, put others first, but then that's how a lot of weird manipulative behavior is born, you know, because right. you you want to offer your sister the, the the apple, but if she takes the nicest apple because you had to offer, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all petty, silly right. stuff, but it's all the ego stuff. But we have to love the essence of who we are, not the person who's beautiful or super intelligent or hot or funny. Those are incredible roles that you were given to play, but they aren't the essence of who you are. I'm talking about the light being, the soul, the person who, you know, when that amount of DMT bursts out of your body, and I'm not discounting ayahuasca or any of those, they're wonderful shamanic tools, but when you get to that point that you can feel that level of love exuding from you, that kundalini flow of energy, the ego, there's no room for the ego. So that's that, that self-love. And then you can share that love. And by sharing it, you just have to smile. And you're spreading love. It's like when you walk into a room and right away you can sense, ooh, I feel a darkness in here. Or, wow, I feel really at home here. I feel comfortable. That's the vibrational frequency. So... Just walk around as a love beacon, and you'll light the path for everyone who comes your way. Your children will come in with a frown as opposed to you saying, going, oh, what happened? You'll be like, hello, my love. <laughs> you know? So it's hard to resist love. We have enough to worry about in our external Let's at least make our internal landscape loving to give us a shot at getting through the day. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Ten people having a bad day all at the same time who reunite at the same coffee shop is a really grim scene. You just want to put up a flag and say, everyone who's having a bad day, please don't take it out on the co-workers. Go over to our hug section and, you know... <laughs> hug it uh, out. No, I'm just being silly. That's all right. That may be... A, I support that idea. Anyway, probably have enough of my shenanigans. No. I'd love your shenanigans. <laughs> I really do. Um, do you think there is a responsibility in going out into the world and because you have this light 
No. Ah. <laughs> I have this light because I don't go out into the world. I go to yoga class. I go no. You know, I think you have to protect yourself first. And I take in other people's energy too easily. I get hyper. I my vibration gets tweaked. I start twitching a little. You know. Um, I crave that. So, how I feel I could serve is through the written word, which is why, as I said, when my Vedic astrologer said it was my dharma to write a book, and I thought, well, I did just that. So, um, I think you can spread light, love in many ways. And I don't think it's often about having to be out in the world. I think you can call the garbage company if you notice that your garbage can has been incredibly kind and and went out of his way to help you. I think it's because we, we always call places to complain. So if you have someone who's got a job that's stressful in this day and age to hold on to it, a lot of people it's stressful. They're not yet at the trusting stage of saying, Oh, we'll be fine. They can only think of the children at home and the diapers and all that. So you just call. I've told the manager of Good Earth. I don't know if you're aware that that new employee is incredibly helpful. Uh, Oh, that's really good to know because we have a review coming up and, you know. And so... You never know when you can make a domino effect difference in such a benign way that you don't have to get involved in other people's drama or stories. And you can really, in a heartfelt way, spread love. Because that was in earnest. This employee had just been so kind. And she was new. And I just thought, you know, why not? So... That's kind of putting myself out there, right? It absolutely is. Absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. I'm too eccentric for the big picture. Ah. For the real world. (sighs) Yeah. Way too out there for... I think that's one of the illnesses of our created society right now is we have not allotted space for the shaman. And shamans in our society are labeled eccentric or crazy are not given the space to go through madness and come out with the gift <laughs> that that gives yeah. I don't know I think my friends all think I'm still stuck in madness <laughs> I, I can well understand it my, my you know my nine months of all that microdosing as I mentioned for the average person is a little but the irony is if it's on a New York bestseller list that microdosing has many is very advantageous in many ways people want to go and buy it but if they learn that their friend does it oh my god she's gone mad right so but if you know what the fun thing is you get to through grief and through all these trials and tribulations, you get to see who 
is on your path that vibrates and resonates where you are. It doesn't mean the other people are bad. It just means that your paths have diverged. And the reson- you know, we say, dude, I'm not resonating. Well, hello, vibration. So it's not about me good, you bad. Right now, my vibration is getting more and more filled with this loving feeling of, you know, the frequency is getting larger and whatever, you know, whatever vernacular you want to use. And so you gravitate towards that. And then I have this vision. I, I tell some of my girlfriends, I'm in my hot air balloon. And it's a combination of hot air meets like magic carpet ride. And as my path ends with certain people, I breathe in and I breathe out so much love as they slowly, like little bits of sand, disappear. I release from my energy field so the sadness and the story goes. And then as I do it, I'm always lifted higher because I am saying my happiness is more important. I can serve other people better when I'm happy and stable than when I'm, you know, completely losing it and depressed. So you have this desire then, and it's not the ego. You have a desire because if you want to be the best you can be for those you love, if you want to be able to nurture um, from whatever way it is, you want to lift yourself higher. So we let paths end because one person is in a struggle and the other's not, and then while this person's struggling, this one's not, and then their paths diverge, and and that's we need to always remember that those vignettes where they came in our life were vignettes, beautiful learning opportunities, and we don't attach to them. That's the struggle. We want to attach, attach, own, have, possess, cling on to. But it's not real. Because when we go, our spirit goes. And this limp body will stay with the not real chair. (laughs) You know? So all of that intertwines with our fear of death. Right? right? But if you choose to believe that there's no death, then the dialogue is different. The, the Egyptians don't even have a word for death. You've gone west. That's how they would yeah, say Yeah, you're born in the east and you exit stage west. You know, that's what I said to my girlfriend. So when you accept that, and you've got a very nicely cleared pineal gland um, you can surrender to a greater truth and I don't know what that greater truth is but I know that for myself when I go within and I surrender to everything to everything I think I know and I just say just make me a vessel of love and I just focus on that I'm guided magically down a path where little puzzle pieces emerge pertaining to a greater truth. 
yet there's no label on it because as Kierkegaard said so wonderfully if you name me you negate me and there's no need to label it's a journey it's exploration so you, you just go and the more you relinquish the fear of everything because the system once you turn this off it's so easy just let the heart lead the dance this is the mess turn it off but here it is so isn't there like like you were talking earlier this this will tell it what to do look at the systems let's start at the very beginning okay so let the heart lead the heart will go in a direction and then the intellect will you know will follow and, and, and not the other way around so then what are the purposes of the baser chakras and energies well, do they support the energy well, all, there's, a, there, there's an interconnectivity it's all of our all the systems are working together like a double helix to help our energy flow. So if you have blockage, we all hold stress and whatever in different places. So wherever your blockage is, I mean, that's why I'm so in love with Ashtanga Mysore. I mean, it's just the entire primary series, you know, at least at least for myself doing it six days a week, it's I can feel this level of detox I mean, if you had told me two years ago you're not going to be drinking wine or eating garlic or onion, I would have said, that's a little unnecessary and extreme, don't you think? And then I learned, well, actually, they're both not good for the pineal gland. Both calcify them, you know, so I'm doing extra detoxing to counter the ill effects of my garlic on my... And then suddenly you get into the Ashtanga class and your body just rejects it all sheer magic, sheer brilliance it's all eight limbs just magically designed to coexist so that you don't have to think it <laughs> You're, it, you know so there's, that's the beauty is in the beginning what was throwing me off was my head, I was being so cerebral about memorizing as opposing to letting my body understand what was happening and then suddenly you're in this flow where you're just doing it and suddenly I'll look around going oh wow I mean I, I just left you know a little astral planing in the middle of yoga or you're suddenly doing a chaturanga and oh, my body's weightless Compared to the days, it's like, oh my God, for someone who only weighs 112 pounds, you sure are heavy to lift, you know? (laughs) So that's why I love that practice. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of ways of getting to this state. Yet for me, this has just been the most incredible. Because it ties it all in. It ties in just the whole operating system keeping the um, anonymy and, and, and anonymous the two teachers 
Do you feel an energetic difference from one teacher to the other? Oh, yes, of course, and I love them equally. And the environment created? Oh, I love it equally. Because there's the different energy from different loving beings, and I, am, I trust them both equally. I know that um, I feel equally safe with them. It's a different experience because they're two different beings. If they were the same experience, I, I'd get concerned that they were clones teaching us and not humans, right? So, <laughs> and what I actually love is that they both pick their, not picking their battles, but with me, they both have their individual things that they really focus on. And I love that they are both seeing me from different ways and of course they're going to because they're two different people. But I love both experiences equally. It's not like I go, oh, today I don't want to go. You know, Mrs. Olson's teaching. Right. Now let me ask you this. What about your own personal challenge? Do you have the challenges that arise where you're like, oh, the journey to Mill Valley is just too much for me right now. It's really wiser for me to stay here at home. That you're... Like, you're, do you have that... You're inferring up? that I would have reconnected my operating system? Right. No, I don't reconnect. We don't have those dialogues. You don't have that? No, I, I unplugged it. When Randy left, I unplugged it. That's wild. It's gone. Wow. You know, and that's why, actually, the other day, one of my teachers... Um, Train change when I was in handstand, um, asked or suggested or invited me to change my drishti, my 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 look, right? And comment after was a bit of amazement that I just did it without problem. And I said, well, because I don't function from here, I function from here, instinct, intuition from here, and there's no fear in here, so. Fear is in my head. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, my, you know. So I said, this is unplugged. You really did unplug this. When Randy left, I absolutely unplugged it because it was oh, doing right. nothing but making me crazy. And I thought, my heart never makes me crazy. So one of you has to go right now because there's a clash of operating systems. You think you're in charge and you want to be in charge. And something tells me, you're being better captain of my ship. So I just unplug it. What could happen to me worse than losing my husband? If I lost myself, it would be fine. In some capacity, I'd be with him. I don't have a death wish, but it just, I don't have, I don't have any fear. What's the purpose? None. <laughs> just weighs you down. I don't want weight. To, you know, right, right, right. Took care of the absolute love of my life for years to watch him. What a soul! Now I just want love, and that was the honor I made him. So I just want a light heart, and it's just so much easier when you unplug. So no, I get up in the, I wake up in the morning and it's three and I've got my music is playing all night and um, 
And then, like, you know, as I said, I'll get up and put on my sauna and I'm chanting and putting on my my tea and and then I lie down here and relax, meditate, get in the sauna, shower. I, I don't think I do. I wake up, I say, good morning, sweetness, I love you. I'm to get up. And uh, I don't think, I just do. Because he told me to. The night he left, he woke me up at midnight that first night and gave me directives and said, I'm not going to be here to help you romantically. I'm here to support you. In other ways, you you got to do this on your own, you know, and gave me these instructions. That was the first group of friends. She's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's all making sense. And uh, I'm in the world as much as I can or want to be. Do you... Let me see if I can word this appropriately. I'm imagining you living to a wonderful age of 104. You don't see that? No. Funny, in fact, <laughs> um, Randy had told me that first night. Well, first of all, when I was in a coma at four, my grandmother, I, first of all, I didn't know she was my grandmother. I was confused because no one had explained that the woman I thought was my father's mother was his stepmother. I called her Nana, um, oddly. And um, so when I was in this coma and I was saying, I'm with Nana, and they're like, okay, what is she talking about? And then I said to my father, Nana said, I'm going like her. Just when I'm young, my heart's stopping in my bed. And my father at that point was horrified. That's when I got his attention because nobody had told me that that's how his mother died. She was 52 and her heart just failed. And here I am telling him my heart's going to go just, and I'm four years old. So in that first night that Randy left, he told me that... He was coming for me in 2022. Oh, my friends are all going, oh, here she goes again. And, and I'm not saying I'm leaving in 2022. But what's interesting is my Vedic astrologer said, um, I have to be very careful of my heart starting in May of 2022, that I was born by a total eclipse and just the lining of the planets and everything then. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to, you know. Right, right, I understand that, but you're sitting with the belief that in 2022, your lifeline as a physical presence could, doesn't have to. Right. But it, could, it means I have to really pay attention to what's going on with my heart. So here's what I'm wondering. Like, I imagined a scenario of you of 104, and your immediate reaction is, no, not at all. In fact, 2022, my love, Randy, has said, and everything is seeming to point to that, and yet I don't hear... I hear there's still you saying, like, but... I'm choosing to say but for a multitude of reasons. One, 
I have to live in this world while I'm here. I can visit the other world every day. I can astral project. I can go into my meditation. But I have to live in this world. That's part of my commitment as a human being. <laughs> Practice being. Um, so I don't, again, there's, uh, it's so easy to attach to outcome. And then, so I, again, in my journey, surrendered the 2022 saying, and, and I, there's, I don't care either way, to be honest. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I've had, I've had so much fun. I, you know, the marriage I was in, oh my gosh. As I said, if you knew people who knew us as a couple, they'd say one in a million has what you have. And so when you've experienced that in this world, to me, you've experienced the essence of being human. To experience in human form that love that exists in that other altered state where you you understand a, a different um, face of love to exist. It's just like a burst. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes total sense. At the risk of being argumentative, it seems like with everything you're saying coalescing into the but, there is also the possibility of 104 years old. Um, I strongly doubt it. Because I live in serious chronic pain. Very serious chronic pain. I, I choose not to talk about it, but when you've got a titanium jaw and have had 17 surgeries on your head and got Phillips screws that on this side. Anyway, it, it's very wearing to live with chronic pain. It's exhausting. And... I choose not to return to the world of narcotics. I choose to have the most pure diet and use really great organic medical cannabis. Um, and uh, I integrate what I can from nature, but it's still immense pain. Any twitching you see is horrific pain. And that's, I'm tired. For you, not me. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world.